Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good Monday morning. Welcome to the Vince Copley Radio Program. Glad you are back with us. Hope you had a great weekend. A crazy weekend for me. At some point, I will tell you more about my uh, crazy adventures in recent days. I think I've mentioned in the midst of moving. So this is a very, very crazy time. I think this morning, yesterday morning, I was up at 3. This morning, got up at 4 o'clock. And... This is going to be uh, crazy the next few days. <laughs> so in any case, if my ADHD is elevated in any way, you uh, will understand why. Sleep deprivation can cause you to do some really crazy things. So a lot to talk about during the course of the broadcast today. Coming up. It is that time of the year when we have concern about the flu. This time around, we also still have to contend with COVID. In fact, the CDC sounding the alarm about another COVID variant. I know, I think a lot of you are over this. And I wonder how much people are paying attention to this. We will talk about it nonetheless. Very important to update you on this situation so you were at least aware and choose to do what you want in regard to the information that we have political news one candidate gaining ground on donald trump up in new hampshire while donald trump continues to dominate we will talk about that also have you seen this story about these three Israeli hostages mistakenly shot by the IDF? Oh my gosh. It's so heartbreaking. We will talk about the new details we've learned about this and how there was a desperate effort to get a message out that they needed help. We will delve into that. One of the things that saddens me is that so many people are so vulnerable to the idea of victimology and this has a lot of repercussions not only is victimology bad for black americans i say that as a black american but it also makes you vulnerable once you buy into this narrative the simplicity of it, and, and I wouldn't even say simplicity, uh, the simple mindness of this causes you to be susceptible to believe other people's victimology narratives, which are not exactly true. We'll tell you how this is infecting the black community now and how it's manifesting itself. 
We have a four-alarm fire scandal going on in the Democrat Party, and this involves a Senate staffer. I saw this story at the beginning of the weekend about a guy who made a sex tape. This is the crazy thing about it. This wasn't in some private room somewhere. This was at the Capitol. And the victimology being promoted here will blow your mind. I, I've just, I really have very sensitive radar to just abject stupidity. And this definitely goes into that category. And yet this person is claiming to be a victim. We're going to tell you why. On the subject of sex, we've also got a sex harassment potential scandal floating out there. And this one could involve a billionaire. What was this billionaire wanting men to do? We'll talk about this and much more as we continue the broadcast. I know there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And we begin with an encouraging story. I am the kind of person I will look everywhere to try to find something positive and encouraging to start off this broadcast. This story happens to emanate in the United Kingdom. I want you to imagine for a moment that you are a grandparent and you absolutely adore your grandson. Absolutely adore. And this grandson goes on vacation and then disappears. Just disappears. And you don't see that grandson for six years. Six years. I believe this little boy was five years old when all of this happened. Imagine the nightmarish experience. I first want you to hear, before you hear the positive part of this story, I want to take you back to the year 2018. Boy, can you imagine all of life that has happened for you since 2018? It's a lot. I want to take you back... This is what was communicated on television from Susan Caruana. She is the grandmother of this little boy who disappeared. And she describes her heartbreak at his disappearance. Listen up. On the Wednesday, after I tried to contact Alex, I got a text of his granddad saying that Melanie had said that all electronic equipment was being switched off. And at that point, I knew. I knew they weren't coming back. I, I messaged Terry McCabe to ask him to get somebody to contact me. And my phone rang, and it was Alex. And he said, hello, Grandma, I'm on the beach. I said, all right, great. And then I said to him, you are coming home on Sunday, aren't you? 
And he said, Mum, we are going home on Sunday, aren't we? And in the background, I heard her say, right, switch that phone off. No more phone calls. No more contact. That's it. And obviously, at that point, just knew that they're not coming back. Phone the police again, but I did it out of desperation and I knew they couldn't do anything. I just can't explain to anyone how it feels knowing you might never see the grandson that you love so much. You might not see him ever again. Just please, please, just contact the police, contact me, contact him. Just please help him to come home. Isn't that heartbreaking? Back in 2018, a desperate plea for her grandson to return home. There is a wonderful end to the story. And we're going to tell you what happened and what this was all about as we continue our Monday broadcast. Wow, that is quite a breaking news story that uh, we will get to in just a moment. My goodness. We started off sharing an interesting story with you. And this story is about a situation where a young boy, five years old, he did not return from vacation. Actually, he was 11 years old when this happened. I'm getting the numbers off here. So here he's 11 years old, and he's talking to his grandma on the the phone. You heard what she had to say. She was just absolutely heartbroken. So she had this horrible experience of separation from this grandson of, of hers, This boy was essentially abducted and held for six years. So what was going on in this interesting family? Well, here's the headline reported by the UK Daily Mail. Missing British boy Alex Batty, who's not been seen since his mother and grandfather abducted him in Spain six years ago, age 11, is found alive and well in France after fleeing spiritual community. Oh, boy. He's not seen. He's not been seen since his mother and grandfather allegedly abducted him in Spain six years ago. Alex Batty, 11 years old. He didn't return from a holiday with his mother, Melanie, who was 37 at the time. Grandfather David, 58. 2017 is when this happened. Alex's grandmother and official guardian... Susan Caruano, you heard from her before the break. You heard back in 2018, she went on in that interview to say her daughter and ex-husband had taken him abroad to live an alternative lifestyle. What in the world was that? Now, six years after his disappearance, prosecutors say Alex has been found alive. And he's in France after fleeing a spiritual community located in the foothills of France 
Investigators believe Alex escaped the rural community and spent days trekking across the mountains before getting picked up by a trucker who took him to a police station. This is a wild story. This is the kind of thing, the kind of story a movie is made of. I mean, it's got to be quite a story. Alex flew into Spain on a pre-agreed trip with Melanie, who does not have legal parental guardianship, and David for a week-long stay. This was in September of 2017. But Alex's mother and grandfather did not come back home as expected on October 8th, 2017. This sparked a massive police inquiry into the boy's apparent abduction. Alex's heartbroken grandmother, Susan, who was 62 at the time of his disappearance, said Melanie and David had previously lived on a commune in Morocco with Alex in 2014. Susan, who's never given up hope she'll be reunited with her grandson, said she believed her daughter and ex-husband had abducted Alex so he could live an alternative lifestyle. She said at the time they didn't want Alex to go to school. They don't believe in mainstream school. Now prosecutors are certain that Alex has turned up alone at a police station after a mammoth journey. This boy is now 17 years old. A French spokesman said, we can confirm the young man has been found. He's well, providing information. And French authorities are in touch with the family. Alex's mother and grandfather had been living in southern France in tents and caravans pitched in the wilderness in recent weeks. And last week, Alex decided to flee the spiritual community and his mother and grandmother in the rural foothills. Over several days, he hiked across mountains and crossed through several villages. After a grueling few days hiking through the mountainous region, an exhausted Alex stumbled on a road and by a stroke of luck was picked up by a trucker. The trucker, who said the boy could only speak English, said he called the police after quickly realizing Alex's situation was abnormal. The driver dropped Alex off before the 17-year-old went to the local police station. There, Alex calmly told the shocked authorities how he'd been living in a spiritual community for the past six years and how he's from the UK. This uh, this story, I'm serious, it since chills down my spine. Officials said they believe Alex was staying with Melanie and David, who were both at large and wanted in connection with his abduction. But it's now been revealed the family had been living in France. Recalling the day the trio were supposed to return home, Alex's heartbroken grandmother revealed the trio had sent her a video of themselves saying why they left the UK to live an alternative lifestyle. Susan said in 2018, I got this message on Facebook, and it was a YouTube video of the three of them. They all spoke on it, and Melanie said the reasons why they did what they did. Alex said it was a million times better being with his mom and granddad. Obviously, it hurt a bit. But then my other concerns kicked in. The reason I believe 
they've done this because basically my lifestyle, my belief system are not what they agree with. Just simply living day to day like normal people do. They didn't want them to go to school. They don't believe in mainstream school. On David Batty's Facebook, he posted pictures about the Matrix and how the government is destroying our lives, writing that secret courts in the UK are being used to steal children for profit. Oh my gosh. Susan, who has said she's broken by Alex's apparent abduction, has never given up hope she would be reunited with a grandson. On his 15th birthday, Susan pleaded with him to let her know he was safe and well in a post on Facebook. And now, after all these years, he is alive and well. Greater Manchester Police said in a statement, officers are are in contact with French authorities to establish the authenticity of reports of Alex being found saying this is a complex and long-running investigation. We need to make further inquiries as well as putting appropriate safeguarding measures in place. You think? So glad this boy is safe and sound, and soon he will be reunited with sane people. What a story, huh? Much more as we continue the broadcast. Another piece of good news, closer to home. And it's something that many people believe would never happen, at least in this season. That's somewhat of a hint. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program on this Monday, the start of another broadcast week. I told you we have some breaking news, which we'll get to in just a moment. Can we talk about those Panthers? I have to tell you, I, I'm, I'm making a confession right now. Remember on Friday on this broadcast, we were having a little fun with the fact that this particular game, we had tickets selling as low as around $10. Around $10. That's pretty pathetic. And I must confess to you, not only did I have a little fun with that story on Friday, But I was watching that game with a friend yesterday afternoon, and as we're watching the game, we were kind of frustrated by the way it was going at halftime. We're like, you know what? This is just hopeless. Let's watch something else. Just randomly later on, I just decided to look and to see what happened with this game. I was absolutely shocked. I was stunned. In fact, I'm looking for a post that I saved about this. I cannot immediately find it now. But I came across a post that showed the crowd. It was really sad. Very sad. 
And there was some pretty, uh, pretty strong commentary about this picture. If this thing will finally come up. Let's see if it does come up. There we go. What in the world is that? Oh, it's got this in reverse order. So it's going to take forever to find this. But anyway, this was basically... Uh, it was basically saying, you know, this is what David Tepper has given us. And it was a very sparse crowd <laughs> at Bank of America Stadium. But turning this game off apparently was a big mistake because I missed history in the making. <laughs> it's been a while since we have seen a win for this team. Now we've learned the Carolina Panthers snapped their six-game losing streak. And with that, tightened up the race for the number one overall selection of the 2024 NFL Draft. Now, the Panthers don't own their first-round pick. It's going to be shipped to the Bears as part of a pre-draft trade in 2023. The Arizona Cardinals and the New England Patriots now sit just one win behind the Panthers in the race for the top pick. Now, the draft order, determined by record, uses strength of schedule as a tiebreaker. Record and strength of schedule are official tiebreakers to determine the draft order. The final 14 first-round spots will be determined by playoff results. For now, those teams will be ordered based on playoff seed. That is if the season ended today. And that draft coming up April 25th through the 27th. But a lot of people, I think, are absolutely surprised by what happened with that game. I have to tell you, I was stunned. I had to do a couple of searches just to make sure... Am I seeing this right? But the final was 9-7. to seven. Panthers won this game. I think at halftime, it was 7-3. to three. But that's, you know, part of what really impresses me about this is I believe, yes, the Falcons scored the seven points in the second quarter. So it amazes me this defense really came through for the rest of that game. They shut out the Falcons the rest of the game. And in the fourth quarter, the Panthers would come back and get those six points they needed in order to win this game. How many of you watched yesterday? And I want to know what you think, especially if you are a diehard Carolina Panthers fan, even after all of this, after all of the losses, the drama, the aggravation that is carried toward David Tepper, all of this, what do you think? Are you encouraged now by this win? Or do you think this is just a fluke? I want to quickly get to breaking news. This story, when I saw it, again, this is another one of those stories I had to do a double take. It's like, did, did I read this correctly? Here's what has happened. Pope Francis has formally permitted Roman Catholic priests to bless same-sex couples. This is a significant shift in Vatican doctrine. 
The blessings may be carried out providing they are not part of regular church rituals or liturgies, nor at the same time as a civil union, according to a Vatican document approved by the Pope. The latest ruling fleshes out the opening the Pope made to blessing same-sex couples last October and marks a shift away from a 2021 ruling from the Vatican Doctrine Office, which barred any blessings, saying God cannot bless sin. But since July 2023, the Doctrine Department has been led by Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez, an Argentinian prelate and ally of Francis, who struck a different tone to his predecessors. When people ask for a blessing, an exhaustive moral analysis should not be placed as a precondition for conferring it. That's what's in this declaration, authored by Cardinal Fernandez and another official. It further states the grace of God works in the lives of those who do not claim to be righteous, but who acknowledge themselves humbly as sinners like everyone else. The new ruling says it is opening the possibility of blessings for couples in irregular situation and for couples of the same sex, although says it is leaving decisions to the prudent and fatherly discernment of ordained ministers. So again, Pope Francis formally permitting Roman Catholic priests to bless same-sex couples. This is a significant and radical shift in Vatican doctrine. I would especially like to hear from Catholics. Are you encouraged by this? I know a lot of traditionalists are probably pulling their hair out right now. What is your view on this? Are you concerned that this is the wrong direction to go for the church? On the other hand, are there some of you who are encouraged by this development and of the mindset that this is long overdue? Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Wow. Alan out of Gastonia writes in, Newsflash. Pope approves murdering babies in the womb as long as it doesn't resemble an abortion. <laughs> Alan. Okay. I take it Alan is not pleased by this development. This is going to be interesting. And to be honest with you, I'm quite surprised there's not more media coverage on this right now. Because this, I think this is a huge deal. We're talking about really hundreds upon hundreds of years of church history on this subject. And to go in such a radical direction, I'm quite surprised. Let us go out to a call from Denise in Columbia. Good morning, Denise. Uh, good morning. Uh, I have um, 12 years, grade 1 through 12, of Catholic education, and um, 
the things the church has changed its mind about, I'm 74, the things that it has changed its mind about with its various rulings since I was in high school are just incredible. And usually when the church uh, issued two, two children, uh, ages 6 through 18, um, it was pretty dogmatic. There wasn't much gray. Um, and so the penalty for various things that the church considered to be mortal sins was eternal damnation. I can hardly find anything for which I was told I was going to be eternally damned that are still in existence as a church rule. But anyway, when you were reading that, it sounded as though a very important part of what you read had to do with the sinfulness of same-sex couples, and that this blessing was available to sinners, okay? And it sounded to me like you were going to have to admit that you were living in sin in order to ask for this blessing so that the grace of God might be able to be showered upon you and you would see the error of your ways. I, I don't know. Um, you know see that? This is... Years and it'll change and it'll be perfectly fine and it'll be part of the marriage sacrament of the church. So, uh, Are you okay with that or, or does this bother you? The whole the whole notion of I'm going to be cynical as I usually am and say that this is a fill the fill the pews uh, sort of move. Um, they're all for crossing borders. Uh, I went and talked to a priest about illegal immigration and the uh, seeking of asylum and what role the Catholic Church is playing in this. Um, and I walked away totally convinced that this priest, at least, was 100% in favor of open borders. So um, I I think this is a filling of the pews and collection plates and whatnot. Um, So so this is a manifestation of church populism. uh, Well, the church gets to make its own rules, okay? You can't can't violate the Ten Commandments, but other than that, you know, no eating meat on, on Fridays, attending church... Uh, every Sunday, a holy days of obligation. I, I could go on and on and on. Premarital sex. I mean, they changed their minds on a whole host of things, like I said, since I was in high school. And these are church rules subject to change. So I'm not saying that, that they're doing anything other than what they're permitted to do. They're permitted to change their own rules about things. Uh, now, how they square up this with the Ten Commandments, um, you know, you probably need to read a little bit more. But it did, but that one phrase that you said about sin was pretty pivotal, and I can't go back and, and rewind and, and listen to it again at this point in your show. Yeah, but I, if what they're saying is that, you know, you, this is available to sinners, if what the Pope said, this blessing is available to sinners, i.e., that would be you, sex, same-sex couples, um, then that would be very different than saying, okay, we're kind of getting okay with this. And see that like this. I say, wait another ten years, this, and the whole thing will change. And here comes so the. So I'm, I'm still kind of I'm still kind of confused about where you are. Are you? Do you like this I, change? I I don't. If you're going to regard this as sin, which it sounds like the church is going to do, then that would make. You know, to me, in the Catholic Church, since it can change its own rules, it, it's a, it, it would be okay for them to, to do this, 
provided that the couple seeking the blessing is admitting that this is so a what's sinful. see here's my question though what difference does it make so if you're still a couple and you're still quote living in sin what in the world is a blessing going to do for you it's going to open your heart to the to the grace of god oh okay. what what does un, any institutional blessing do I mean, if blessings are only for the perfect, then <laughs> there could be very few people. Right, them, right, right. Okay. So, okay, okay. I guess I'm kind of tracking where you are. That's still a little bit confusing. But Denise, very much appreciate your call. Always good to hear from you down in Columbia. I uh, see. This is one of. This is kind of confusing to me. I, I mean, I, I, uh, I'm not quite sure how to read the reasons behind this and what direction this is going. Um, it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, that's all I'm saying. I would love to get your perspective on this. 704-570-1110 if you want to carry that conversation into the next hour still to come. We will talk politics and delve into New Hampshire where one particular candidate is gaining on Donald Trump. Who is this person? Also, Joe Biden is said to be increasingly frustrated by dismal poll numbers. Poor, poor baby, Mr. Magoo. He's having such a terrible time. Bless his heart. Also, we'll have an update. We found out more information on the shooting of those three Israeli hostages by the IDF. Extremely sad story. Absolutely heartbreaking. And we'll delve into a couple of stories of victimology. Black Americans, apparently more of them, identifying with Palestinians for some reason. And a guy who made a gay sex tape shot this video in the Senate. Not in a hotel room. In the Senate. And now this person is claiming to be a victim. <laughs> we'll talk about this and much more as we continue our Monday morning broadcast. And your interaction is always welcome on the Vince Coakley radio program. Hour number two is straight ahead. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome to our number two of the Vince Coakley Radio Program on this Monday. And let's go right to talking about some of the interesting political news of the day. As you know, we're keeping a close eye on polls as we draw ever closer to the caucuses in Iowa. This is going to be very interesting to watch. The first real contest, polls are one thing, but the actual voting... That begins next month. We have Iowa, then New Hampshire. CBS News reports Haley 
gaining on Trump in New Hampshire while he continues to dominate in Iowa. Donald Trump still leads in New Hampshire, but Nikki Haley has consolidated much of the non-Trump vote and has emerged as the top alternative to him there. Among the top candidates, Haley gets the best marks on being seen as likable and reasonable. And she runs nearly even with Trump on being prepared. Notable considering he held the presidency. She's been running in part on electability and is now seen as the most electable of Trump's challengers. Meanwhile, Trump consolidating his already commanding lead in Iowa where likely caucus goers overwhelmingly see him as a strong leader, where his backers say he represent Iowa value, represents Iowa values and where he's boosted by an electorate in which nearly half say they are part of the MAGA movement. There are a number of descriptors that help show the differences in what Trump voters and non-Trump voters are looking for in a candidate. Well, Despite leading by double digits, Trump isn't seen as the most likable or even reasonable candidate in New Hampshire. He does nominate, dominate on being seen as a strong leader by primary voters and on the view that he would beat Joe Biden. New Hampshire's more moderate electorate helps Haley. Haley's been given a boost by New Hampshire's more moderate electorate relative to Iowa. She's made inroads among self-described moderates and independents running close to Trump among them now. And it's these groups who express more openness and principle to a candidate dissimilar to Trump if he isn't the nominee. Asked to compare the candidates to the frontrunner, voters see Haley as the most different candidate from Trump in terms of personality. And about 7 in 10 say if the nominee is not Trump, they would prefer a candidate different than him in terms of personality. Isn't that interesting? When voters are asked which candidates they are at least considering, Haley and Chris Christie get some overlap. Most of those considering Christie are also considering Haley. But Christie suffers from more negative evaluations, with few describing him as likable, prepared, or reasonable. (laughs) And most see him as a long shot to beat Biden. I wonder why. Oh, my gosh. Really? New Hampshire may have more self-described moderates, but the Republican electorate is strongly in favor of some socially conservative themes discussed on the campaign trail, notably bans on medical procedures to change a child's gender and on discussions of gender identity in schools. Both ideas find even greater resonance among the more conservative electorate in Iowa. Remember I said to you, how many times have I said to you in this broadcast that this subject is not a Democrat or Republican issue? Most sane human beings do not want to see children change genders at age seven or 10, or even 15. There is a stark difference between the two states on abortion. A large majority of Iowa GOP caucus scores feel abortion should be illegal in their state. That sets them apart from New Hampshire primary voters, who mostly want abortion to be legal. Haley leads among primary voters there who would like to see the GOP nominee oppose a national abortion ban.
Meanwhile, the idea of mass deportations also find a lot of favor with both New Hampshire and Iowa voters and with Trump voters in particular. Folks, here's another example. There's real consensus among the American people on this subject. This is not a Democrat-Republican issue. People recognize, just as a matter of fairness, that people should not be able to skip the line and just jump into our country. The race has taken on a different trajectory in Iowa. Trump not only continues to lead big, but his lead has widened since September. He isn't just winning. He's the only candidate even being actively considered by a majority of likely caucus scores. And the share considering only Trump and no one else, that's actually grown. More Iowa Republican caucus scores consider themselves MAGA than Republican primary voters in New Hampshire. And Trump's backers overwhelmingly feel he represents Iowa values. Moreover, nearly all Iowa Republican voters considering Trump say things were better than he was president. Well, duh. Trump's backers are also the most firm in their choice. Most describe their support as very strong. I've decided it's pretty much what they're saying. Ron DeSantis has not yet gained much traction in Iowa since September. He's spending a lot of time in the state. He does no better among caucus goers who prioritize candidates meeting voters face-to-face than those who do not. He's viewed as most similar to Trump on policy in a state that wants a nominee similar to Trump if it can't be Trump. But the former president himself continues to dominate the field. The estimate, they estimate, the CBS people, that Trump's current support would translate to winning a majority of delegates in Iowa, 21 out of 26, and 10 to 16 delegates in New Hampshire. Haley's supporter in New Hampshire would get her five to eight delegates, with DeSantis and Christie's support hovering around the state's 10% threshold to qualify for any delegates at all. So the big story, the person who's really making inroads, is Nikki Haley. I don't know about you. I posted on social media this weekend. I asked the question, is anybody as disgusted and annoyed and nauseated by the Nikki Haley commercials as I am? am, I'm trying to remember what channel. It was one of the alternative channels. I don't know if it was Freevee or one of those off channels. I'm not exaggerating when I tell you there was a Nikki Haley commercial in just about every commercial break. I'm, and I'm serious. And I was eating one time, and I about lost my dinner. I, I, I think you figured out by now, I don't trust this woman. I don't. I don't know. Well, I do know the appeal. But I'm telling you, uh, if she is ultimately the person determined to be the the alternative to Donald Trump, I, God help us. God help us. I'm just not impressed at all. It's really disappointed Tim Scott got out of this race. Now, I didn't get to get a sense of where he was going, but I... I was willing to give Tim Scott a chance over, certainly over Nikki Haley. But there's also speculation that he, as in Donald Trump, could end up choosing her as his running mate. 
because she is strong where he is weak. Suburban voters, especially suburban women. And that would be, I think from some perspectives, that would be a knockout punch to Joe Biden. He would absolutely have no chance. Well, still to come in the broadcast, we'll talk about Mr. Biden and his view about what's going on with these poll numbers. (laughs) As you might imagine, he ain't too happy. (laughs) Also, we'll talk about victimology, blacks identifying with Palestinians, and we have breaking news that may, that may portend to higher gas prices. The last thing that we want to see around this holiday season that much more as we continue our broadcast on this Monday. If you'd like to join the conversation, our phone number is 704 So, all this conversation about the Republican side, what's going on on the Democrat side? As in Mr. Magoo and Company. <laughs> Washington Post says the night before, President Biden departed Washington to celebrate Thanksgiving on Nantucket, Massachusetts. He gathered his closest aides for a meeting in the White House residence. After pardoning a pair of turkeys, an annual White House tradition, Biden delivered some stern words for the small group assembled. His poll numbers were unacceptably low. He wanted to know what his team and his campaign were doing about it. I'll give you some advice. How about going somewhere and playing shuffleboard? (laughs) That's my recommendation anyway. Hang it up. I think millions of people around the country would appreciate it. I think most people in this country would appreciate it if this guy would just hang it up. I'm not being unkind, I'm just being truthful. And what's really sad is, he's the only person who really believes he's desperately needed right now. You know, didn't you see the story recently? How if Trump were not the likely nominee, it's possible he wouldn't run. There's something personal about this to him. He's got to stay in to save the country from the big orange man. It's delusional. It really is. The person the country needs to be saved from is you, Mr. Magoo. And your family, too. (laughs) I figured you would appreciate that one, Bernie. So Biden goes on to say he complained his economic message had done little to move the ball. Even as the economy was growing, unemployment is falling. For months, the president and first lady, Jill Biden, have told aides and friends they're frustrated by the president's low approval rating. And the polls show him trailing former President Donald Trump, the frontrunner for the Republican nomination. In recent weeks, they've grown upset that they are not making more progress. (laughs) Scott wrote in, he's got to stay in office to protect his family from prosecution so his kid doesn't go to prison. Already covered that. He's going to pardon them. 
going to pardon anybody in his family, including himself, from any possible crimes before he leaves. Mark my words, he will do it. He has nothing to lose. Andrew Bates, a White House spokesman, said in a statement, we do not discuss the president's private conversations one way or the other, said a lying Andrew Bates. The truth is, there are people who have. President and First Lady meet regularly with their senior team for updates and to review plans. Of course they do. Now, since that November meeting, which has not been previously reported, most polls continue to show Biden trailing Trump nationally, more importantly, in key battleground states. The accumulation of troubling polls for Biden has made it harder for Democrats to dismiss them, leading to a fresh set of conversations among Biden officials and allies about whether the president and his team need a shift in strategy. And now Democrats in competitive races are growing increasingly worried about Biden damaging their own electoral prospects. Elissa Slotkin of Michigan, who's running for the state's open Senate seat, has expressed concern to allies she may not be able to win her race if Biden's at the top of the ticket. Spokesman for Slotkin campaign said she looks forward to running with President Biden. What a lying... <laughs> aren't, these, aren't these people hilarious? And we'd like Floyd to running with President Biden. <laughs> And behind the scenes, they're pulling their hair out. My goodness, you get the idea. They're in a panic. They are in a panic. And the last thing that anybody can really offer here is any real solutions to turn this around. Because Joe Biden's the problem. This is not... Just a matter of, you know, let's change our message or our focus. Guess what? It's you. It's personal. They feel like you are the person standing in the way of progress right now. So really, the best thing you can do is disappear. Just disappear. (laughs) I'm laughing because uh, you can laugh at me. You can laugh at me all you want. But I have been binge watching as I've been working on cleaning my house. I've been binge watching Bewitched. So the thing about disappearing is pretty funny. If only it were that simple. You know, just a twitch of the nose. Goodbye. Just like that. Not suggesting I would want that to be done toward anybody in particular. (laughs) oh my goodness i do need to give you a warning about the possibility of an increase in gas prices upi reports british oil giant bp reports today it's rerouting all its oil tankers away from the red sea citing the deteriorating security situation there due to missile strikes on vessels by houthi rebels in yemen Given the perilous situation for shipping in the Red Sea, the decision's been made to temporarily pause all transit through the Red Sea. In our trading and shipping business, as in all BP businesses, the safety and security of our people and those working on our behalf is BP's priority. We will keep this precautionary pause under ongoing review, subject to circumstances as they involved in the region. 
bottom line, <laughs> this is going to complicate. This is going to complicate getting oil from some important areas where it is normally picked up. And you better believe this will have an impact on prices. It's just a matter of time. And we hope and pray there aren't any incidents. For one, just from a safety standpoint, we don't want to see anyone hurt or killed. And also, we do not want to see the kind of situation where this becomes so inflammatory, the gasoline prices uh, just go way out of control, because that could happen. Still to come on the broadcast, we're going to talk about the concern about COVID, a new COVID variant. We'll tell you what that is. Also, victimology, black Americans identifying with Palestinians, and <laughs> this one will just blow your mind, a Senate staffer who had sex and did a sex tape in the Senate, now says he's the victim. My heart bleeds. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program, 37 minutes after 11 o'clock, let's go out to a call in the sprawling metropolis of Waxhaw. Here is Dan. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. How are you doing, Vince? All right, sir. Um, I really like your show. I have a little bit of a different uh, kind of a sideways take on what uh, we may be having with uh, President Biden. You know, he went all progressive on in the first year with a lot of his policies and everything. And and I think he's the worst president we've ever had in the history of the country. But right now, every once in a while, he's got this knee jerk um, old style Democrat opinion coming out of him and uh i think maybe he's the one protecting us from the ultra um progressives so you think he may be doing that now kind of holding them well, off i just think it's inside him i just think it's part of him he's been a democrat for 40 some odd years and uh i think like his instinctive defense of israel right on uh october the 7th and forward, I think it's it's just part of him, and he can't help it. And and I think that's what a lot of Democrats are really frustrated with him about is they want to move on and become completely progressive. And he's got this knee jerk, old old timey Democrat thing going on from his gut. Hmm, that's a very interesting perspective there. Um, I very much appreciate your call there, Dan, because we have, along the way, we have seen criticism, a lot of criticism directed toward this president for that very reason, that he is not progressive enough. And yet, when push comes to shove, they are certainly going to circle the wagons and they are going to stand behind their man. That's how this thing works. I want to tell you about one of the concerns expressed by the CDC. And this is about a new, described as a highly contagious COVID variant. Express.com saying this new COVID variant express, 
is spreading fast in the U.S. It's highly contagious. New variant JN1, heavily mutated new strain, is now the fastest growing variant in the country. The variant currently accounts for more than one-fifth of all infections in the U.S. comes as Joe Biden's former COVID advisor admitted the virus was possibly leaked from a Chinese lab. And while the HV1 subvariant is the dominant strain right now, JN1 is not far behind. HV1 accounted for 30% of COVID cases in the U.S. during the two-week period ending December 9th. JN1 made up about 21%. The JN1 strain has sparked concern among scientists due to its rapid growth rate and large number of mutations. Scientists have said the variant's a direct offshoot of BA286, known as Perola, which hit the U.S. over the summer. All of the most dominant COVID variants currently in the U.S. are descendants of Omicron, which started in late 2021. Some doctors concerned that JN1 could cause a COVID surge as the U.S. enters the winter season and respiratory virus cases rise. First detected September 2023, JN1 is part of the Omicron family. It's been detected in at least 12 countries so far, including the U.S., according to the CDC. It's unclear whether JN1 cases cause symptoms different from other variants, according to the CDC, but its symptoms seem to be similar to those caused by other strains. Sore throat, congestion, runny nose, cough, fatigue, headache, muscle aches, fever or chills, and a loss of sense of taste or smell. The severity of a person's symptoms usually depends on their underlying health and immunity. So there's that. The concern about JN1. Prepare yourself accordingly. I want to touch on a couple of stories related to victimology. Won't spend a lot of time on this, but this is kind of sad. The Associated Press has this story. Black American solidarity with Palestinians is rising and testing long-standing ties to Jewish allies. There's been a very strong connection between the black community and the Jewish community. For, uh, it's been there. It's been there forever. And now that's fraying. They tell the story of Sidney Wallace, a black Jewish community activist who never felt compelled to travel to Israel though next year in Jerusalem was a constant refrain at her Chicago synagogue. The 39-year-old said she had plenty to focus on at home, where she frequently gives talks on addressing anti-black sentiment in the American Jewish community and dismantling white supremacy in the U.S. I'm already thinking, I'm already rolling my eyes with this story. I know what I'm fighting for here. That all changed when she visited Israel in the West Bank at the invitation of Palestinian-American community organizer from Chicago's South Side. These community organizers will be the death of us. This visit, along with two dozen other black Americans and Muslim, Jewish, and Christian faith leaders, enhanced Wallace's understanding of the struggles of Palestinians living the West Bank under Israel's military occupation. Horrifyingly, it was cut short by October 7th. Wallace and a growing number of black Americans see the Palestinian struggle in the West Bank and Gaza reflected in their own fight for racial equality and civil rights. See, this is just stupid. 
The recent rise of protest movements against police brutality in the U.S., where structural racism plagues nearly every fest of life, has connected black and Palestinian activists under a common cause. This is just trash. And this is what happens when you take one person who believe, believes herself to be a victim and tie her to another person, another group, where they believe themselves to be victims. You know, they're, you know where they're victims of first and foremost? Hamas. You know, and I would go back even further. They're victims of themselves. We shared polling information just a few days ago how a majority of these folks in Palestine, they support Hamas. Still, this is not from years ago. So if their goal is a two-state solution, if their goal is autonomy, if their goal is to have independence, you know, maybe a good start would be distancing yourself from people who want to destroy Israel. Rather than trying to destroy, why don't you figure out how to build something? I'm just saying, I can't take any more of this story. Still to come in the broadcast, we'll have another example of victimology. This one is just over the top. Imagine you make a sex tape in the Senate. And then you have the nerve to proclaim that you are a victim. This is exactly what is happening, and we'll tell you about it as we continue our broadcast of the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So much to cover here in the final stretch. I've started talking about victimology and how it's certainly entrenched in the black community. Well, there's another area where this is deeply entrenched. And this is in the universe that is connected to the LGBTQIA WXYZ world. Get a load of this. Fired Democrat aide, fired Democrat senator's aide, 24-year-old, who made gay sex tape in Senate, could face criminal charges after X-rated clip swept the Internet, is slammed for implying he's the victim. The guy in question is Senate staffer Aiden Mace Zorowski. He was fired on Saturday. A clip showing two men having gay sex in the Senate swept the Internet Friday. And this guy has denied disrespecting his workplace in a LinkedIn statement. He was fired by Maryland Senator Ben Cardin. Less than a day after a lewd video showing two men having sex in a Senate hearing room was exposed. Capitol Police reportedly now investigating the explicit incident, which occurred in the same room where Supreme Court justice nominees are grilled by senators. 
You can't make this stuff up, folks. The aide who appeared in a 2020 campaign video with Joe Biden apparently sparked backlash as he released his own statement on LinkedIn Friday night alleging he's being attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. Now, let me let me just repeat this again. He's being attacked because of who he loves. Just because of a political agenda. Can I just, let me just give you a little bit of advice, Mr. Mace Zorowski. This is not about who you love. This is about the fact that you, an idiotic jackass, has the nerve to have sex in a public place, not just any public place, but in a Senate hearing room. And you posted it on the Internet. And that, I don't care if you're having sex with a woman, with a horse, with a dog, a cow, whatever it is. This is not about a political agenda. It's about the stupidity of not knowing when and where to engage in such such activity. You want to do this at home? I'm very much libertarian, and I've said this a million times. What you do in the privacy of your own home is none of my business. I really don't care. But for you now to proclaim that you're a victim... And the sad thing is, I wonder how many people will actually agree, oh, he's just going after him because he's LGBT. It's amazing. While some of my actions of the past have shown poor judgment, I love my job and would never disrespect my workplace. Really? How many other co-workers of yours have had sex in public in the Senate hearing room? I <laughs> This is crazy. Any attempts to characterize my actions otherwise are fabricated. I will be exploring what legal options are available to me in these matters. This guy is actually talking about suing somebody? This guy is so delusional. While the embattled staffer says he's considering legal action, he may be joined by Capitol Police. As they're reportedly looking into whether he broke any laws, which could include trespassing and obscenity. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, I'd love to know what you think about this. Perhaps tomorrow you would like to call or email. (laughs) That still blows my mind. This guy thinks he's a victim. Yes, I'll tell you what. You know who you're a victim of? Let me tell you. Find the nearest mirror and look directly into that mirror. That is the person who has victimized you. Case closed. Time for us to very quickly take a look at the day in history. By a man I know who would never disrespect his workplace. I was hoping that you wouldn't follow me up in that story. I was talking to Pete and I was like, oh my gosh, I hope I don't have to follow this. And here we are. What you got for me today? What you got? Well, mercifully, it's going to be quick okay. because we're about out of time. Yeah, yeah. 1620, do you know the name of the boat that arrived in 1620 in Plymouth Harbor? The Mayflower? The Mayflower is absolutely right. correct. 1796, first Sunday newspaper in America published in Baltimore. 
1865 with the adoption of the 13th Amendment. This practice abolished in America. I'm very thankful for this. 1865. This slavery? You better believe it. 1956. Despite their treachery in World War II, this country admitted to the UN. This is not the uh, European one, but the Asian one. Which country are we referring to? Is this Japan? Japan is correct. 1972, Joe Biden loses his first wife and daughter in a tragic car accident. 1982, Hall & Oates went to number one with Maneater. Do you remember that song? Oh, I remember, I remember Maneater. Yeah. 2010. <laughs> hey, you want to sing that? Go no, ahead. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> 2010, remember the Arab Spring? It started with the anti-government protests in Tunisia. Wow, 13 years ago. 2019, this president impeached for the first time over that perfect phone call. Remember that. Who was it? Uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump, correct. And in 2020... This is the week the U.S. started giving COVID vaccinations to healthcare workers and people said to be in high-risk groups three years ago. Can you believe that? Mm. And hopefully the worst of all of that is behind us forever. That's all the time we have. Thanks very much for joining us. And see, I didn't embarrass Bernie at all. So, uh, Lord willing, we're back tomorrow at the same time. Have yourselves a great day and God bless you. Adios.